0: Welcome into the AL Recruiting Power 5 podcast, where we ask all of our guests five questions. Today, we have Riley Niblett. He is the special teams coordinator and tight ends coach at IMG Academy. Riley, we're so glad
1: to have you on, man. Thank you so much, um, Dave, and uh, AL Recruiting. This is a, a blessing to be a part of, and Alabama's home will always be home, so I'm glad that I could jump on and talk some football, talk some recruiting with you.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, you know, we, I've followed you for a long time. I mean, I, I remember, you know, you followed AL recruiting. I followed you back as a player and I know that, uh, you know, you were down in, uh, Foley, right. Okay. So you're down in Foley and then, but your name, um, we'll kind of get into your family later on, but your name is, you know, a lot of people in the state know your last name because your dad and your uncle have coached in this state for a long time.
1: Yeah, and my grandfather as well. I mean, they're they're all trailblazers, and um, you know, I'm I'm very self aware to the fact that they have set the standard um, in terms of kind of my path and, and what I'm pursuing. And now I'm just hoping to continue to live up to that every day, and also put my own twist to it um, as I kind of carve out my coaching career as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot to live up to, but, you know, I think you've got a a good path to follow. Now, let me ask you this. You know, you've been in recruiting for a while, so you got to have some good stories. I know you've coached and and you've been doing recruiting at different places or heard about it. Like, what's your best recruiting story uh, that maybe you've had happen to you or you've heard about?
1: The the most fun I've ever had in recruiting is actually when we first got to Gainesville this past year. So there was a group of seniors that hadn't even played for us that were that were finished up at Gainesville, the 2022 class. So I just left Charlotte um, as a graduate assistant doing special teams there. And I came to Gainesville um, with my uncle and um, I was also our recruiting coordinator. So in charge, of helping all our guys gain exposure and opportunities for after high school. And there was a group of seniors to where they didn't have a whole lot going on. I think one guy had signed and he was really the only one that had gotten attention on a six a, a on a six A roster at a six A program that's traditionally been a powerhouse and is once again a Gainesville. And so we were able to help in the span of mid-December to like the first week in January. There were 17 offers given out to that class of guys that had nothing going on. And that was something that was really special to me because, you know, when we got there, um, the first thing we wanted to let the community know is that we're here for the kids. Mm -hmm. We're here for the kids. Right. Like the wins are great. the, The accolades are great. And the championships are great. But the bottom line is, like, we are here to serve these kids and help them do things that they never thought that they could do. And so that was really awesome to be a part of. And then a lot of those guys ended up signing to play, and and that was really neat.
0: You know, I think that so often, and, you know, your uncle Josh Niblett coached at Hoover, and, you know, now he's at Gainesville. And, and And so one of the things that people say is, like, they'll point to programs and they'll talk about – All the kids that are signing scholarships from those programs, they never see the work that really put in was put into getting all those offers, not just from the kids, but a lot of times from the the coaching staff uh, to make those things happen.
1: Yeah, no, it's. It's a lot of work, and I'm even – and I know we'll dive into some of it. I'm learning so much here at IMG because that's really what we're focused on, and that's why kids are here, um, that that will help me um, in the long run uh, wherever my career takes me. But that's the thing is, like, if we're not here for the kids, then what are we doing it for? You know, like, of course we want to build teams that are successful, help kids – win championships and and make our communities proud, of course. But the bottom line is the guys that are laying it on the line every Friday night, like Mm -hmm. that's got to be our focus. If we're asking them to come to workouts in the off season, in the summer, go to seven on seven competitions, play spring football, do fall camp, come to meetings early in the morning, all that stuff well, then I'll be dinged if we're not helping them have opportunities when they finish up working with us. Um, and I'll tell you something, um, Dave, and I don't mind saying it just because I've heard, heard it recently. Um, you would be surprised at the amount of people that don't believe that that's, that should be the, one of the most important things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's gotta be the focus, but I mean, if it's not, it's gotta be like one, a one B with championships because, I've heard of some places that people would recognize at some schools and their coaches don't believe in that. And they think that recruiting's for after the season and, you know, oh, it'll take care of itself with your film. Like, those days are over. I mean, it is. And if you don't have coaches on your staff or a coach in your community that believes in in helping your kids gain attention, there's a lot of noise on social media. And if Mm. you're not finding a way to break through that noise to help your kids get exposure and and get eyes on them, then... I mean, we're doing a disservice to them.
0: Yeah, and you can say, uh, add to this or not, because I'll probably clip this at some point, but if you're a coach, if you're a high school coach, and that's your idea, your idea of recruiting is like, it's not important till after the season, don't be mad when those kids transfer out and go to a different program. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean, and and that's the deal. Like, look, I know we'll talk about NIL and Portal, because I know that's one of the topics, but like, the bottom line is like a lot of the a lot of it is frustrating. And as a coach, sure is frustrating for me. And look, I get it. Like, I know some guys will probably look at this like, oh, that's just some young guy. He don't really know what he's talking about. But look, like the bottom line is we got to be adaptable to what's happening now. Mm-hmm. And so now, like, guys are gonna go find whatever the best opportunity is for them. And it's the same thing in high school. Like, I can't yes. blame a kid if he decides to go to a school that is making it a priority to help their kids gain opportunities after they graduate and he may be at a place that that's not a priority you know like who can blame that family you can't so that's why i think it should be a priority for every single program
0: and and with the emergence of n i l they're literally leaving money on the table if they don't Absolutely. go to those places yeah i mean Absolutely. So, you know, here's the thing you, you got, you're wearing the shirt, you're wearing the hat. A lot of us have seen, you know, IMG on ESPN. Um, but like, what, what is IMG? What is the process like there? What, you know, what do the common fan, we've seen IMG play those big games, those high school games, but like what really is going on there?
1: Yeah. So this is the world's largest sports specific boarding school. Okay, so that's, that's kind of the best way I can put it. Um, we have about 1,400 students on campus, and every single one of them is a student athlete. And they all have come here to train and prepare to go to the next level. So our focus within our varsity program is to provide our players with maximum film opportunities and maximum development. So to develop them in a college-like structure, whether it's with their classes, with meetings, with workouts, whatever it may be, their day is structured like it would be at a college. Um, right now in the spring, our guys are waking up at about seven. They'll go. They'll go get a lift in. They'll go to breakfast. We'll start meetings at nine. At ten a.m., we're on the field for practice. We practice from about ten to eleven forty-five. They go get lunch, shower up, and they got school from one thirty to five thirty. And they're on a rotating eight a b day schedule. Okay, so they're only in school four hours a day which typically at the, when you get to college I mean you're not in school 7 hours a day like you have classes mm-hmm. scheduled and and you work that out um around whatever sport you may be there to play um and it's it's the same thing here uh you know in terms of the film opportunities you know we have two pro, we have two teams within our varsity program our white and our blue team and that's why we do that so we're playing a varsity game on a Thursday night and mm-hmm. a varsity game on a Friday night And so if we have 100 players on the roster, 50 of those guys are getting a chance to play a lot of snaps on a Thursday, 50 more getting a a lot of chances on a Friday. Then obviously we also have our national team, which is a team that goes around and travels the country. And then we also have a post-grad team as well, which is basically like 13th grade for guys who maybe they feel like they need another semester of development. Maybe they want some more opportunities college-wise, don't like what they have right now. Post-grad is basically a way for them to redshirt without losing eligibility. So we have four teams on campus football wise. Um, And so it's, it's a really unique place, but the thing I love about it is nobody that walks through those gates is there to be average. I mean, everybody came here and has made a sacrifice to come here to be the best. And that's what I love to be around.
0: Yeah. I, again, I think that's one of those places people kind of point to. And I'm like, man, these, these kids are putting in the work. I mean, the coaches are putting in the work, um, you know, and and I do know a little bit about IMG. IMG really started, I believe, as a tennis academy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I my kids are in tennis. And so I, I know that about a little bit about tennis so.
1: tennis academy.
0: Yep. So, so it's,
1: if you go over to our tennis courts and go in our tennis facility, you can see everybody from Maria Sharapova, Venus Williams, Serena Williams, all sorts of great tennis players that came to train here or, or went here um, as a young young kid coming up. And it's pretty neat to see how that tradition is carried over to other sports.
0: Yeah. it's uh, To the average fan, IMG just started existing a few years ago when the football team got popular. But it, it's, it's been churning out professional athletes for a lot of years now.
1: It's the 70s.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, kind of moving out of that, like obviously putting in the work, but like when you talk and and you're obviously advising players and and you've been at uh, Jacksonville State, you've worked on different high school staffs, you've been at Charlotte. So what is your advice to recruits that are trying to play college ball? Maybe they're listening to this podcast right now. Like what's your advice to them?
1: Yeah, I think the toughest thing, and shoot, I mean, I'm not too far to, removed from it to remember, is that there has to be a transparency and honesty with every conversation that you have with yourself, with your high school coach, and with every college coach. And here's what I mean by that. Like, look, I when I grew up, yes, I wanted to go play at Alabama for Nick Saban. But guess what? For some reason, I did not quite have the talent to do that, Okay. And it's the same for everybody else, right? And it it may be, hey, you get a chance to go play at Alabama, but you're not a first-round draft pick. Or it may be, hey, you get a chance to go on scholarship to Kennesaw State, but not Alabama or Georgia or whatever. There has to be an honesty throughout the process of where are you at, Hmm. where do we think that we can get you to, right, talking player to high school coach. And then with college coach, like, where do you see yourself as a fit? not only as an athlete, but as a student, like it's cool to chase offers, but are you really going to be um, heavily considering an offer to go play somewhere up north that snows all the time if you're used to 75 and sunny where you live, right? So it's one thing to chase opportunities, and I'm all for or pushing as, as many eyes on kids as possible. But I also, too, in this culture see a lot of – what coaches will call offer chasing, where it's mm-hmm. just, hey, how much attention can I get? Like, I think there also needs to be an honesty with college coaches as well. Like, hey, here's what I'd like to study. Here's a, here's where I think I fit schematically. Um, and if that's not a fit with a coach, then then be able to be a man and and say that right. Yeah. And then, but it it should be the same thing on the other side too. At times you'll see college coaches maybe pursuing a kid early on, right? And then later on in the process, it comes down to it. And they're like, yeah, I mean, that was kind of just to, to get get you interested, but we're we're not going to end up taking you. Right. So I think as much transparency and honesty that you can have with yourself through your own evaluation of yourself, through your high school coaches' evaluation of you. And then as you progress into college coaches' evaluation of you, like be honest see where you're at, and then daily take the steps that it takes to get to where you want to get to. But, you know, for me, like, it would have been a waste of time to worry and fret about Alabama and Georgia offering me when I knew good and well that I don't run a 4-4, I'm not 6-4, right? Like, Mm -hmm. look at the players that are on their roster, and if you have a doubt, then figure out a time that maybe you can go to – a practice or go watch a game or, or whatever. They have all sorts of events where they'll let people come in, especially high school kids, just to build those relationships. Like, see, can I fit in on this roster? You know, that's the thing that pushed me into becoming a student assistant as quickly as I did. I thought I was going to go play at Jacksonville State as a long snapper, and I went and visited on a game day the year that they uh, made it to the national championship. And I was like, I don't look like these guys. I don't run like these guys. I'm not as good as these guys. But you know what? I can help somebody get that good. And so that's why I just jumped straight into coaching. But it took me having an honest conversation with myself to know that. That looks different for everybody. For some guys, it is. Hey, the honest truth is, you know what? Your your ceiling is playing at Alabama. It is playing at Georgia. Mm -hmm. You know, for other guys, your ceiling is playing at Kennesaw State. It is playing at South Alabama, whatever it may be. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the bottom line is take opportunities to where you can get your school paid for. Yeah. One of the most things that you can see is a kid get an opportunity to go to school for free, but then they may take a PWO to a place where, you know, they're going to be a scout team guy, backup, whatever. And now they're having to pay out of pocket. Like go to the places, pursue the places, visit the places that want you, not just what you want to be. But they want you.
0: Yeah. And and you know, now you've been doing this long enough that when you kind of look at recruiting and we're all dealing with, and that's why I asked the question to most all of the guests that are in coaching is about NIL and the portal. How has that changed recruiting at a place like IMG? How are you guys dealing with it? And what's that look like?
1: You know, if you if we would have had this conversation a month or two ago, I'd probably been here like everybody else, like oh man, the portal's terrible, NIL is gonna ruin football, it's here, so there's no point in complaining about it, like, you just, you better get ready for it, and that's college and high school, because you can say whatever you want to, but NIL's coming to high school, like it is. Yes, so, preach
0: that, that is 100% yeah, true.
1: It's coming, so what are you doing to prepare yourself to be ready when that, when that bill is signed and it's ready to roll, right? Portal wise, does it make it tougher initially? Yes. Are there still many good opportunities to get recruited? Yes. Here's what I mean by that. It, it kind of it's kind of like you got to play the game both ways, almost. You know, um, a guy that may have gotten signed to a group of five school six seven years ago may not get that opportunity because that group of five school decided to fill that hole with a college player. And so he may end up going to a FCS school. Mm -hmm. Well, he ends up going to that FCS school, but he was a group of five talent. He balls out for two years and then he ends up transferring back up to the level that he initially would have gotten recruited at pre portal. Yeah. There's a lot of that that happens. Right. Um, NIL wise, like, I mean, it's here. So, it's all about marketing. It's all about branding yourself as much as possible. I mean, shoot, like even at when we were at Gainesville, the first thing that I knew immediately that we had to get established was a, a recruiting page, a really good football page going on Instagram. We did a TikTok, and we had a photographer that would come out and take pictures at practice. They took pictures during pregame. They took pictures all during meetings if if necessary, like a team meeting setting or whatever. And then they do videos during the game. So then they could have different video clips of each player. Then you can mash it together so that player could put on their social media. Like some of this stuff I'm keeping kind of closed wraps because hopefully I'll get a chance to do that one day with a program. But there's many ways that you can market yourself to be prepared for that. And that doesn't have to begin when you get to college. I mean, I'm I'm living in it right now because heck, we got all these four or five star guys. Shoot. I go on Instagram just, and they happen to pop up on my page. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, that, that's so-and-so. Let me see what he's posting. I click on his profile. He's got daggum 40, 50,000 followers already. Yep. Right. So that process begins before you get to college. And then once you get to college, like, you know, you got to perform as well. I mean, you got to understand. It's just like advertisement. Like, there's a reason why people pay so much to put a commercial on the Super Bowl because everybody's watching the Super Bowl. Right. So what are you doing on the field to make people watch you and follow you that would attract companies and brands to want to market with you?
0: Yeah, and I think that to me, it's fast forwarded professionalism in a way in that a lot of it is that, you know, maybe before a guy turned pro, they used to could go back and check their social media and make sure everything was good before they were pro. Now, to me, it's really starting in ninth grade and that you better know what you're what you have on your social media. I mean, coaches are already looking at it, uh, you know, teams already looking at it. But now you're going to, again, leave money on the table if you're an idiot on your social media.
1: No doubt. No, you're exactly (laughs) right. I was on a podcast the other day and they were asking, like, you know, what's the biggest thing between athletes now? that you've seen and maybe when you were coming up and it was even kind of the case when I was coming up, but it's even more so now with NIL, everybody sees everything all the time. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, and I don't think this is healthy, but it's almost like kids aren't able to make mistakes anymore, move on and learn from them. Yes. You know, like if you're not careful, everything is out there all the time. And we're so quick to point and judge, Hey, he did this. Hey, he did that, man. Look, half of us, If we could go back and shoot, you could go back to old accounts I probably had and find a million things like we we all would we all have and would make dumb decisions at that age at times. But like, let's also keep that in perspective so that we can help these young men continue to grow and get better at their craft. And then in terms in in relationship with NIL, be able to market themselves better. But that's just the thing; like everybody sees everything all the time, so you always got to be cognizant of that.
0: Yeah, praise the Lord! I didn't have a Twitter or a social media when I was yeah. a teenager. I heard that
1: I, from a lot of people.
0: <laughs> I didn't have to. I didn't have to worry about that. So, when I think about you and your family and what you've done, like you guys just help students, and whether it's in Alabama or Georgia or Florida, and you guys have always had a heart for kids, and you know, so yeah. tell us about like. How important your family is to your football journey,
1: yeah, I mean I it's I mean, I think it kind of goes without saying, um they have really set the standard in a lot of ways um at first in Alabama, but then now in Georgia with the success that you know we had as a group this past year was unbelievable first year going to state championship, losing by a touchdown to a top fifteen team in the country that nobody thought we had a chance against. It was really, really fun. But the biggest thing that you see and that I've learned is that the X's and O's are awesome. You know, the Friday nights are awesome. But nobody sees the amount of attention to detail in organization there is January through July. And then once the state championship ends in December into January. I mean, it is a 24-7 nonstop machine. And, of course, there are times where you got to catch your breath, and if you're not careful, like, you'll overload yourself, and and they do a great job of that as well. But, man, like, you talk about a standard of excellence. Like, that's the thing that I've been so entrenched um, with just moving forward and trying to grow in my career is that everything that my family has done has just been excellence, and it has nothing to do with wins and losses has nothing to do with championships. It's just people know that they treat people the right way. They're gonna help kids. They're in it for the right reasons, right? They're in a great place spiritually, and they're there to make a difference and leave that community better than they found it. And that's all you can ask for. You do those things, the wins are gonna come, and they have came for all of them, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, hopefully I'll get an opportunity to do that in a community somewhere one day. Um, But until then, I'm gonna be down here in IMG trying to develop our guys, help them help them gain opportunities at the next level and preparing for that shot one day.
0: Yeah, I mean, your family has always pointed people to Jesus and and I'll say this, being excellent is is a byproduct of when you chase and follow Jesus as hard as you can. We're called to excellence. We're not called to half-do things and and so you know, you'll get haters, you'll get people that say this, that, or the other. But when you really follow Christ like you're supposed to, you're called into excellence and and your family's a great example of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, but again, just like you said, the foundation of everything they do is is Jesus. And mm-hmm. so he's the ultimate standard, he's the ultimate example. And every day that's what we're chasing. You know, we used a motto this past year that we had at Gainesville was chasing best. Well, that's the ultimate example chasing best because there's only one best um in all of this and that's him.
0: Well, I don't think we can say anything better than that, man. So Riley, I, I wish you all the best. I wish IMG hopefully you have a great season. Have a have a yeah. fun season and then we'll just keep following your career and, and praying for you and hope everything keeps progressing along for you, buddy.
1: Thank you so much. Um blessing to be a part. Anything I can do to help in the future, let me know. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening. Please
0: like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, all Twitter, all the social media stuff. We're there. Um, But appreciate everybody listening today.